0: Awesome. Thank you guys for engaging. Thank you for leading us today. You can go and have a seat. That'd be wonderful. Uh, We have a special privilege today to have some friends, um, some friends of my wife, uh, Kimberly, uh, my lovely. And uh, she's coming today to interview some special friends of ours. And if you were at our men's retreat, as guys, we already got to meet them. And we had a wonderful experience this weekend uh, at Camp Del Oro with Bill, uh as engaging as guys together and i invited them to stay and to be with us today uh, i got to know bill and christy about three and a half years ago uh through some friends who uh just knew them and they knew me and kimberly and things that uh, you know our hearts and so they thought we would have a great connection and we have and it's not just been A connection of friendship, but it's been a connection in mentoring and in growth, and uh, that uh, because of them, uh, my ministry personally uh, and my life took a you know direct turn three and a half years ago. And it's still, you know, in process, God's still working that out. And what does it look like? And as I'm becoming more like Jesus, but uh, I just owe a lot to them. And so I'm just grateful that they're here today. And I'm so grateful that they get to share with you today. Uh, and as they get to share some of their experience, uh, as we talk about this one Aspect of relationships that Kim and I have gotten to learn quite a bit about uh, in the last year and a half, probably more than any, as we've been working together. So uh, just give them all a welcome and uh, just thank you guys for being here.
1: Bill and Christy, just like Ron said, it's just been fun this weekend to get to bring you up and introduce you to our beloved Twin Cities, because we've gotten to hang in your neck of the woods before, and I'm just so grateful to get to share these amazing people with you. And I just have a question. Have you been to our beautiful Northern California before?
2: We have. One time, about five years ago, it was, we came up as a family the week after Christmas and spent some time in Tahoe area, enjoyed the beauty, but also had some challenges. Our kids were young adults. We had a junior in college and a freshman in college and a junior in high school, so trying to bring back in a sense of cohesion in our family was little challenging but it was nice to be up here and enjoy the beauty went cross-country skiing you didn't have much snow but we found a little patch to do that it was
1: fun it's good to hear that you're normal like us and have some family challenges well listen I wanted to bring our focus this morning to a subject that you have shared so much about because we've been talking around here about hope and it really is a challenge to have hope when we have relational struggles and so I want to ask you if you'd help us dig in and talk about this thing you call empathy. And friends, let me just remind you that we provide a listening guide. It looks like this in your program. And th- today it looks way different than normal. We we gave you all kinds of white space. So you could just take notes when something moves you because you're in for a treat. Bill and Christy have some rich and practical things to share today. Now, Bill and Christy, before I got to know you and started uh, working on this thing called empathy, I really hadn't ever understood what it meant. So I wonder, would you start by describing what is empathy?
3: I like to think of empathy as uh, into you I see. It's a, a way of, of looking into someone's heart and soul with wanting to understand and bringing a gentleness, a concern, uh, just a curiosity of drawing out your, your experience, your, your feelings, your needs.
2: An understanding of what is it like to be you and to feel what you're feeling and experience what you're experiencing. And then really listening with your mouth, trying to put that into words and see, am I understanding? Is this what it feels like?
1: Well, I just wonder, maybe for a moment, can you give us just a little role play to show us an example of empathy?
3: Empathy is sort of a daily thing in our lives because we, we say empathy is oxygen for the soul, and so we like to breathe. So, <laughs> so we have a lot of soul talk conversations. So we had one just uh, last night. There are a couple of friends. Uh, they're pastors, and I, I'm caring for them and their partners. And there's been some conflict uh, between them. And that's very difficult because I care for, for both of them. And, and you were tuning in to me about that.
2: Yeah, you had gotten a text, a, lo- a long text. From yeah, them. It was an
3: update, <laughs> and I, I had actually I had initiated it. You probably don't even know that, but I, <laughs> that's because that's part of what you do with empathy. You <laughs> check in, right? And you say, you know, how, how are you doing with this? And, and then so there was a, a lot that came back, and I was real happy for that update because f- I could pray. And But uh, yeah, I, I, it's just a difficult uh, situation, conflict, and, and so forth. And so you were uh, drawing me out and, and really listening good to my feelings.
2: What were you feeling?
3: Well, I was feeling some some tension and I was because uh, of their conflict and uh, really just disappointed, you know, that, that these two friends that are just, you know, great men of God that I care for, but that they're not, you know, seeing eye to eye on something. And so
2: sounds like you were feeling some of the stress that they are feeling and mm-hmm. were sharing with you. And were you feeling disappointed that it's continued to be at a point of crisis?
3: Yeah, there's a sadness there, you know, that um, it, it hasn't resolved the way we would have hoped it would have resolved. And, and yeah, I mean, part of the stress, I feel, is just the responsibility. I, I care for both of these men, and, and so I don't want it to go bad, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. So you were feeling the responsibility and the desire for healing and for God to really do a, a good work in each of them and their lives and their relationship. Maybe you were feeling a, a sense of, not having
3: control over how things were going. Yeah, yeah, there's a sort of a powerlessness there. I mean, when I'm just talking to one of them, I can facilitate a good connection and, and caring, but then when they've got an issue, and so, yeah, I mean, I've put them down together, and, and so we had some progress there with resolving it, but yeah, I, I'm carrying the weight, the weight of that. Yeah. And uh, appreciate your, your listening and tuning in to me with, with so much gentleness and interest, and helping me not get lost in their needs and feelings and conflict and experience you know, as their helper, because I'm a person and it affects me, and so yeah. you're helping me to put words to what I feel and what I need. And
2: well, yeah, and knowing you, I'm wondering if maybe it's bringing up the feelings you felt as a boy, like you need to be the hero, you need to be the one yeah. that really intervenes and, and solves this for them.
3: I do like to solve things and fix things and help people so it works and yeah that stuff.
2: Pretty big burden to, to carry and to feel. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with
1: me. Well, Christy, I do. I hear you putting into words what you hear him feeling. So that's what you meant by listening with your mouth. Right. That's good. So I want to know, here we are in the church and we're talking about empathy. Are you saying that empathy is a biblical principle? Because the word empathy never comes up in the Bible that I know of.
3: Yeah. It's a concept that's everywhere in the Bible though, even though the word isn't used. It's a psychological word. I think it's probably a a somewhat recent word, but uh, you, the Bible talks a lot about grace and compassion and uh, love and mercy. Empathy is embedded into these, um, these teachings. A great example of empathy, back in the Old Testament in Genesis 16, we have the story of Abraham and Sarah, and you know God had promised for them to have a, have a child, and he, they'd be the father and mother of many nations, and, well, they, they weren't having the child. And so Abraham uh, says to Sarah, uh, or actually Sarah says to Abraham, you know, well, let's have the child through my slave, which was something that they d- did in those days. And so, so then Hagar, the slave, gets pregnant, and then now there's jealousy between Sarah and Hagar, and, and Sarah mistreated Hagar and, and abused her. So Hagar runs off, you know, to the desert and is in hiding and really um, just wailing and, and upset and alone and despairing and, and all this. And the angel of the Lord comes and visits her at, at the well and shows her empathy God shows up uh, in the form of an angel and, and asks questions, listens, and, and gives just great care and validation and concern for her, her experience, and uh, then she's encouraged, and she's able to go, go back home, and God protects her and helps her. But the, the, key, the thing I love about it is, is Hagar names that well, that place. She says, this is the, the place of the living God who sees me, the living God who sees me. That's empathy.
1: That's beautiful. That is empathy. Yeah. You know, when I first became aware of empathy, I realized that I'm the poster child for um, empathy not being the same thing as compassion because I'm the kind of heart that would cry for people who are hurting. But when I wanted to just put that into words toward my friends or toward my husband, I found it to be really unnatural for me and difficult. So I just want to ask you to comment on that. Why did I have a hard time with that?
2: Well, before you can give empathy, you have to receive it. So if you didn't receive empathy from anyone, it would be very hard for you to know how to extend that and how to give that. Scripture says we love because he first loved us. We give empathy because we first have experienced and received empathy from God and from God through an ambassador of him, an ambassador of Christ who listens to us and understands us.
1: Well, I just want to point out to our friends that on the back of your outline is what we're talking about right now. That you can't really give empathy until you've learned to receive empathy in two ways. We've got a category from others and from God, and so we've included some scriptures about that. Can you, can you just comment on how we receive it from others?
3: Well, it's through a relationship where there's a time, you know, to talk and to listen, and where we resist uh, giving of advice or. Or reassurance, which I say is like, you know, like cheerleading, you know, okay, even though we're losing 30 to 3 and there's one minute left. We're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah, you can do it. You're I great. I have
2: given you reassurance last night. I said, oh, Bill, you're doing such a good job helping these guys. You're so helpful. You're making such a difference. That would have been
1: reassurance.
3: Yeah, and I would feel like you don't really understand the, the, the weight of responsibility that I'm carrying. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know. And then you, you talk about receiving it from God. How can we dig into that?
2: Well, one of the ways that really helps me with receiving empathy from God is oftentimes if I'm finding myself feeling some emotion, maybe some sadness or some depression, I'll I'll sit down and I'll I'll just kind of journal what I'm feeling. And then I make a habit of thinking, now what would God in empathy be saying to me? And so, all right, you know, Christy, I see that you're feeling sad and discouraged. I know you feel alone right now. And I care about how you feel. And I know you're scared and concerned about your daughter and the stress she's under right now. And I'm with her, too. But I, I want to hear your mother's heart. I know the, the pain you feel for her in her trials. You
3: know, this two-way conversation is what is modeled for us in the Psalms with God, where where prayer is not only that we're expressing ourselves to God, but also God's listening. And, and he, he, he's expressing himself, his thoughts, his, his understandings, his compassion to us. Mm.
1: I love what you're telling us about journaling being a really practical way to deepen our intimacy with God. Because it brings it down to something we can see and feel a little bit more when we're writing a conversation. That's something I've not, never done before I met you. Well, the presence of empathy in a relationship, I feel like it changes the climate. And I have heard you two share that empathy is not a set of behaviors, like I'm going to memorize a script of what I should say and shouldn't say. Can you just unpack that a little bit?
3: Well, when, if empathy is new to you and you're sort of learning better about how to, how to do active listening, how to, how to put words to what somebody is feeling, how to, how to listen with your mouth, which is, is an unusual concept maybe. When we listen with our ears, obviously, and you know, we like to say God gave us two ears and one mouth. For, for a reason, right? Because we need, to, we need to work on our listening. But when it comes to active listening, you do need to use your, your words for that. So when you're learning that and practicing it, it does feel like you're trying on new behaviors, mm-hmm. and it, it can feel kind of robotic, both to, to you who are doing it and to the one who's, who's receiving it. So you, you, if you're practicing this in a friendship you, or in your family relationship or in your marriage, you, you maybe just want to say, well, let's practice and knowing that it's, it's going to take a while, you know, more than just a few tries to kind of get that down. But as you, as you learn that the skills, what it's really about is, is becoming a, a, an empathy kind of person. Empathy has to live in us. Uh, validation of emotion with, without embarrassment and shame. Uh, a, a, an interest and an uh, understanding of what I'm experiencing, what I feel, what I need... And then what, what you feel and what you need. And as, as that lives in me, and I'm aware of my, my emotions, and I'm, I'm tuning into knowing you means understanding what you feel and what you want. And so now I'm becoming a, a kind of person who in a conversation would listen. So empathy is really a, a, a characteristic. It's, it's a quality of being. Okay. And behavior comes out of that.
1: That's beautiful. So right now, let's, let's just talk about it in the context of marriage because it can be so pivotal. I, I was reading some research that's been done about marriages that are hurting. And there was a study done about a, a group of people for whom marriage was, was really painful. And, and for this group of people, the study revealed that if they stayed married for five more years, that 80, almost 80% of them were able to say after that five years that they were happy. And to put that in other words, if you're in a, in a hurting, struggling marriage, this, this study said that if you would stick it out for five more years, that there's almost an 80% chance that you can say you're happy. There's a lot of hope in that. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about hope around here. And I find a lot of hope in this concept of empathy because I think it is a, a manifestation of commitment, sticking in there, you know, longer in that relationship. So I have a question for you, too. How did you get to the place that you could show empathy to each other? Was it just natural because you're both psychologists? <laughs> no,
2: it wasn't natural. <laughs> we have a sin nature, too. And so, you know, we found ourselves running into our inability to love and to will good for each other and being defensive.
3: Especially me. I had a Ph.D. in listening, but wasn't doing it so good with my wife. So... <laughs>
2: you know how it is when you're listening to someone you really care about, and their decisions and their behaviors really affect you, it's really hard not to give advice and not to want to, like, fix them, think that you know what they need to know, and you get paid a lot of money for your advice, (laughs) so I I wasn't wanting it, because when you were giving me advice, I was feeling insulted, because it was kind of like, well, I know that, but I don't care that you know it, because I don't feel like you care, (laughs) So, yeah.
3: Well, I was feeling insignificant in and, and uh, disrespected, even deflated. I said, well, why don't you want to listen to my ideas? Everybody else does. <laughs> 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 but I came to realize that, well, maybe she's onto something with how she wants me to listen to her more with compassion and more with the feelings. And that really, that's what everybody wants.
2: Yeah. And then you learn to kind of hold the space for me and to draw out my emotions and my feelings and seek to understand what I feel. And then... You said, "Well, you know, I have feelings about this too," (laughs) and you invited me then to listen and understand your feelings. And it, you know, as you engage in that kind of empathy and understanding, the defenses just Mm drop. Yeah,
3: and you really pursued me, you know, because I'm more in my head, more of a thinker. Mm And you really wanted to know how I felt. And that was a big turning point for us because early in our relationship, you know, especially as I worked through listening better to you, it was more you sharing and me listening and supporting you. It was more one-sided. But you, you wanted it to be mutual, and so you, you yeah. kept leaning towards me, you know, what do you feel? What's going on with you? I want to understand you, and I had to, to learn to be vulnerable and to, and to trust you, that you had had the strength to, to hold me there yeah. emotionally, and, and that you would still respect me, even if I had these emotional struggles and fears and, and sadnesses and things.
2: I respected you so much more. Mm. Yeah.
1: What a loving thing for you to do for Bill, and now we are benefiting from your pursuit of this. Now, Christian and Bill, since we are all imperfect beings, we are going to hurt others at times, and we're going to get hurt. And as I was reading about pursuing a great marriage, I saw that it was really important that we choose to believe the best of our spouse's intentions in those moments that we get pinched. To learn to say, you know, I'm disappointed, I'm really hurt right now, but I know he loves me, or I know she cares about me, and so there must be some reason he did this or that. And so I want to ask you, why do you think it's important that we choose to believe the best about our spouse, and does empathy help us do that?
3: Well, yeah, because if we, if we don't um, think the best about our spouse, but we, we're hurt, we're might become a bitterness, we pull away, and then we start spinning in our mind, you know rehearsing these angry conversations and these judgments that are in there, and then it just it builds and it builds a, a wall of, of more and more distance there and so what, what empathy helps us to do is is to realize well maybe maybe he 's hurting right now, you know maybe she 's under under pressure in this situation, and to consider that there's more than meets the eye, it isn 't just my feelings going on here, but in order to do that and to have empathy for your spouse in that situation, you need some empathy. And that, that's the big challenge that happens in marriage, is, is that both husband and wife are are hurting or frustrated uh, at the same time, and they both have a need, which they might not be able to clearly articulate. And so then, but now who, who who's going to hold their breath while the other breathes? You know, <laughs> so sometimes you've, you've got to Go outside of the relationship to a, a soul friend who keeps a confidence, a pastor, a counselor, and, and, and ask for some, some listening and some, some empathy, some validation, so that you can get firmed up inside, be more aware of how you feel, more, feel more secure, more loved, more confident, and then you go back into that conversation with your spouse, and now you have something to give. Not, now you can overflow with, with concern and consideration and empathy. Okay.
1: Well, this question that I'm going to ask is pretty close to my soul and without going into too much detail, I just have a fascination about this. Since my husband and I started to really go deeper in cultivating empathy in our marriage for the last three years, there's just this deeper connection between the two of us, and one way it's showing up for me as a woman is in the area of physical intimacy. It's like my heart responds to him, and I because I can see that he really is wanting to hear the details of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. And I want to ask you, Christy, what is this about with us women? Why is it so special? I'm really grateful. And, and I wondered if you can comment about intimacy and in marriage being connected to empathy.
2: Yes, does. Empathy really leads to true intimacy. Because as we feel empathy from our spouse, we feel safe. We feel seen and understood and known. And as they invite us in and let us sympathize with them, we feel this closeness to them. And so we desire to be close in the defenses. If you're defended, you're not going to be able to enjoy intimacy. You just can't be close if your defenses are up. But if you're empathetic and safe and understanding, you feel close, you build close, and you're able to be responsive.
3: Yeah. yeah, 30 years of marriage has shown me, even as a man, that the best sexual intimacy is connected to emotional intimacy. They they really go together. We we men oftentimes are sort of slower to realize that, but that's how God has made us.
1: I believe that empathy is a kind of a hinge point that can turn a marriage around. And we just finished this series on the fruit of the spirit. And I can tell in my life that There's really no way that I'm going to be the kind of person that longs to listen to others unless Holy Spirit is empowering me to do that. So I want to ask you, how can we get started with Holy Spirit's help? And then just one little side question. What if there's somebody listening here today who is in a hurting marriage and they just wish that their spouse would give them some empathy. Do you think that the choice of just one spouse to decide to practice empathy could make a difference?
2: Yeah, the choice of one makes a huge difference. And that's what it takes is one really starting this. And you know, to get back to your first question with how does the Holy Spirit help us, you know, asking for the help of the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. key there. The the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor, and he wants to teach you, and he wants to help you, and he he empathizes with you. So receiving that from the Lord and from ambassadors of him, I I think of uh, the passage in 2 Corinthians that says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who comforts us in our troubles and sorrows so that we then can comfort others with the comfort we have first received that overflowing comfort so as we receive that comfort then we have it to give and to overflow and just us one one starting that makes a big difference.
3: Yeah, I think that you know if you're in a struggling marriage, the place to start might be what I mentioned earlier of finding a safe friend and receiving empathy and practice asking for that and practice giving that and and do this prayerfully and then now try to bring that into your marriage and Go to your spouse and, and look for opportunities to draw him or her out and, and just to listen well and you have to learn to speak your spouse 's language as to you know how are they going to respond to that, but showing that that interest showing that uh, that warmth and, and that caring, and beginning to put words to you know what 's important to them and, and what, what they feel and what they need you know they 're going to feel cared for and loved by that, and then you know take take your turn when, when you 're when you're sharing, try to you know, say, you know, it would really help me if you could listen to me. I mean, it does so much to change the dynamics of a conversation. If you just simply, you know, ask for what you need. I know that as Christy, as you learned to do that with me, it was so helpful in our relationship. And I said, so, okay, I'm not going to be given advice here. Okay, this is, this is important. You know, she's getting my, she really needs to be listened to now. I, I can do that. I can just, you know, listen and understand.
1: This is such a life-giving thing you've shared with us, and it just really breathes hope into all of our relationships. I'm really grateful. And I wonder, Bill, if you'd be willing to close us with a prayer about this hope that we have in Christ.
3: Yeah, I'd like to do that with um, inspired by Colossians 3.12, which is another great scripture that really teaches us about empathy. And uh, I want to just... Uh, um, speak this over all of us this morning and, and just pray that we would receive this as God's word, his, his, his invitation to us into a deeper relationship through Christ. And Paul writes um, to us, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, and we just want to receive those words, that affirmation. We are God's chosen people, holy, set apart, sacred, precious, so loved forever as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And Paul says, clothe yourselves, just like wrapping myself with my sweater here, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. Humility, gentleness, and patience. See, those are all empathy conditions. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Empathy is intertwined in all of that. So, yes, Lord, we receive your love, and we're just wrapping ourselves now in Christ Jesus, Holy Spirit, Abba, Father, we're wrapping ourselves in your presence. You're holding us. The incarnation of Christ has come to us. This is the divine empathy, perfect empathy. God, you've taken on human skin, flesh. You understand our condition, our experience, our sin, our stress, our pain, our needs. You're with us. And so we clothe ourselves in the qualities of Christ compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Yes, Lord, by your grace, help us to grow in these characteristics and in our relationships, in our marriages, Lord. We long for more of you, Lord, to experience more of you. And we all have some points of, uh, of distance or, or, or tension or conflict and things that are maybe unresolved or hard to talk about. In our, in our marriages, our family relationships, our f- friendships also, we're crying out to you, God, to help us, teach us. We want to learn more about receiving your empathy and giving it to others. We want to take courage to ask for what we need. We want to have a greater capacity with our loved ones to give them the empathy that they need even if they don't know how to ask for it. So thank you, God, for your wisdom and your grace to us and the ongoing journey that we can learn by the power of your grace and our our process of, of training with you, that we can learn to become more like Jesus, have more empathy for one another. Praise you, God. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.